Um, if you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, if you borrowed one of our Bibles this morning, uh, it's on page 931. If you picked up a large print Bible, that's on page uh, 1637. Last week, Pastor John kicked off our series, Hardwired for Holiness. Um, there have been countless articles written about the decline of religion in our country. Uh, studies on religious affiliation have shown that the fastest growing category is uh, no religious affiliation at all. Uh, at the same time, though, there are all these sociological studies that have shown that we all have something called these religious impulses. Uh, religious impulses, they are fundamental to the human experience. And there's been a lot of the research that studies this stuff. Uh, they use psychology to explain what our religious impulses are and why we have them. We would say that God has created us with these religious impulses, but nobody is saying we don't have them. Religious impulses are fundamental to the human experience. And even while religious affiliation declines, our religious impulses remain. Our scripture reader this morning is Joey Rickards. Joey, if you can make your way on up to the podium. And as she does, I'm going to ask you if you are able to please stand and face the center of the room. We read from the center of the room to remind us that scripture is to be central in our lives. And we stand because we believe that this is the word of God. And so, Joey, whenever you are ready, please read from 1 Corinthians 12, verses 21 to 27. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and the parts that we think are less honorable we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Joey, thank you very much. You may be seated. Again, I just want to remind you of the quote at the end of the video that said, millions of Americans have abandoned religion only to recreate it everywhere they look. And we recreate religion in all sorts of places. And we see this in things like our need for a guiding story, where in our movies, we've created now this cinematic universes. Um, the new Star Wars movie, just came out last month. It's the ninth movie of the series. But there are also two other movies that are not necessarily a part of the series, but they take place in the same universe, uh, Rogue One and Solo. And then in addition to that, there's all these Star Wars animated television series that take place in the same universe. There are all sorts of books that have been written that take place in the same universe. Um, Disney Plus has a new series out called The Mandalorian, which, again, takes place in the Star Wars universe. There are all these different stories that are part of this one larger story, and we love it because we want our stories to be a part of a bigger story, to have our story be a part of a larger story. Well, that's a religious impulse we all have. 
And we also have this need for identity, where we need to know that we matter, that each of us as individuals count, and so we need to stand out from others in some kind of way. Hey, I just want to try something this morning real quick. Go ahead, if you have your phone, either in your pocket, on your purse, somewhere nearby, take it out. Let's just take out our phones. We're not going to play on them, but just take them out. And what I would like you to do is, is to show, if you have some kind of phone case, I just want you to hold up your phone so we can see your phone case. I'm too cheap, so I don't have one. But let's hold up. Keep them up because I want to see how many different ones. There's a bright, shiny one back over there. Another shiny one. Okay, in the first service, somebody had a Packer phone case, but I don't see any here. Okay, you can put those down. That's great. Um, you know, even just looking around at, at something as simple as a phone case, we, you, you're not like me where we just all have this plain phone case, again, because I'm too cheap. Um, but even our phone cases have to be different because we need to stand out. That's a religious impulse revealed in something as simple as a phone case. Um, Pastor John last week talked about our need for purpose, where purpose is the great motivator of our lives, and we need something to live for beyond ourselves. And really, over the last few years, the one thing that has really taken the place, taken that spot in our society, uh, is politics. There are all sorts of articles written about how politics is our new religion. And it's really not a surprise uh, to hear about all the different political and social movements from over the years, whether it's the three percenters or Black Lives Matter or Make America Great Again or the resistance or, you know, America isn't so much red, white, and blue. We're pretty much just red and blue. Um, and there's this religious passion in our politics. And in all of this, the absence of religion is revealing our longing for it. And so we recreate it with our movies and music, our politics and sports, our diet and fitness. But all of these recreated religions will fail to provide ultimate meaning. They will fail to provide ultimate meaning. Netflix and Spotify, Red Blue, Football, Code Red, CrossFit, they're all great until a tragedy occurs, death happens, a diagnosis strikes. When we are confronted with the reality of our own mortality, our recreated religions fall painfully short of fulfilling our need for ultimate meaning. Another religious impulse that we're going to talk about this morning is our need to connect how we are hardwired to connect. Um, I recently joined a gym. It's a new experience for me. My whole life, I could eat whatever I wanted and not gain weight. People hated me for it. It was awesome. Uh, I never had issues with things like blood pressure or cholesterol or any of that. Um, well, that's all changed with age. <laughs> it's a new day. And so I've had to make changes. So I joined a gym. I have never worked out in my entire life. I have never had a gym membership before. And so I walk into the gym. I have no idea what I'm doing there. Um, you walk in, there are free weights and there are weight machines. And so which do I use? And what kind of lifting do I do? And how much should I lift? And how many reps should I do? And then, you know, you turn around and there's treadmills and bikes and stair climbers and ellipticals. Um, there's a stretching area. Uh, there was an entire room full of stuff. I don't know what it is. I just don't know. Um, 
I was totally lost. I joined the gym back in the beginning of December, and I worked that whole month just to get the courage to go back. Uh, it, was, it was the whole month of December. I didn't go. Um, but uh, <laughs> you had to work up courage, you know, it's that sort of thing. But the place I joined has this philosophy. It's written on their walls. It's on all of their machines. You belong here. You belong here. You belong here. Now, it's not just something that, you know, they have on their walls and machines. It's actually something that they try to incorporate into their staff and how they interact with you. I was not only able to get an orientation to all the stuff in the gym and how it worked, I actually was able to make an appointment with one of the staff who literally sat down with me, talked about my fitness goals, and um, they developed a workout plan. And so I now have a routine to follow. And I've been going faithfully for over two weeks, so, you know, that makes me an expert, so whatever you want to know, you just let me know. <laughs> you belong here. There is something about those words. You belong here. That tug at one of our religious impulses. The need to connect. And Paul gives a picture of what it's like to be a part of the body of Christ. He describes in 1 Corinthians 12, a connection that is indispensable. It's indispensable. If you have your Bibles, go back to 1 Corinthians 12 and look in verses 21, 22. Let's say, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Look, relationships are hard. Right? They can cause anxiety, anguish, uh, even just basic social interactions with others can kind of be a, a pain. Uh, case in point, uh, how did you enjoy the greeting time this morning? How was that? You know, I know for a fact that there are some people that will not come into this room until after the greeting time. There are those that do that. Um, it is easier to be isolated than to interact. And even though it is easier to be isolated... It's been pretty well documented that social connections, being a part of a group, has all sorts of impact on our well-being. Social isolation has been found to be more harmful to your health than smoking, than obesity, or high blood pressure. Social isolation is worse than all those things for your health. And what Paul describes here is a connection that would be devastating to lose. Because what would it be like, when he uses this analogy of the body, what would it be like to lose sight or hearing or talking or walking? When it comes to our bodies, we take so much for granted until we lose something, and then it's devastating. Well, Paul says the community of faith is like a body, and every part of the community is indispensable. How many relationships do you have that are indispensable? I would guess that most of us could count them on one hand. Indispensable relationships. What about this community of faith, TFRC? How painful would it be for you to lose this community of faith? Do you have a connection to TFRC that is indispensable? Because Paul says that's what it's like to be a part of the body of Christ. 
And Paul describes a connection that takes our focus off of ourselves. If you look back at 1 Corinthians 12, verse 25, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. Now, one of the major causes of division, and this is not rocket science, is when we are more focused on ourselves than others. When others don't show concern for us, or when we don't show concern for others, well, that's how divisions form and grow. The passage says each part needs to have equal concern for each other. Look, when someone cares about me, and I care about them, no agendas, no manipulation, someone cares about me, and I care about them. There's something holy about that. There's something sacred about that. Paul writes to the Thessalonians, So we cared for you. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. We live in an age of consumerism, And we buy the products that meet our needs. But like all recreated religions, there's a limit to consumerism. Because some of our needs can only be met when we take the focus off of us and off of ourselves. We need connections that we care about so much that it's not an obligation, it's not something we're supposed to do, that it delights us to share our lives with others. Who do you delight sharing your life with? You know, and the irony is is that when we take our focus off of ourselves and shift it to something else or someone else, it invigorates us. It invigorates life into us. And Paul says, that's what it's like to be a part of the body of Christ. And Paul talks about a connection that causes us to suffer and rejoice. If you look at verse 26 from the passage, where it says, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. When speaking about a community of people who follow Jesus, Paul paints this vivid image of what it means to be connected. If one person suffers, everyone feels it. If one part is honored, everyone rejoices in it. Parents and kids most of the time have this kind of connection. Parents, and I don't care how old your kids are, which hurts more, when you suffer or when they suffer? Parents, which causes you more joy, when you do well or when they do well? There's this connection that we have with our kids, and it's powerful. It can make us jump for joy. It can bring us to our knees. Teachers, you can feel this with your students. Coaches can feel it with their players. When we invest so much into someone, we have this connection with them, and their pain is our pain, and their success is our joy. You know, periodically here at TFRC, we'll share news when someone here has passed away. And that news will literally cause us pain. And the more of a connection we have with them, the more it hurts. And sometimes 
We announce that it's someone's 80th birthday or 90th birthday, or there's a couple celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary or 60th wedding anniversary, or that some local high school has won a state championship in something, and we all applaud and we rejoice with them. It's all about connection. And this connection impacts us for the good and for the bad. And what happens to one affects us all. And Paul says, that's what it's like to be a part of the body of Christ. And this is a connection that is timeless. The human race, we continue to become more and more mobile, where we can pick up and move across the country or around the world, and it's really becoming less and less of a big deal when we do that. Um, communicating with those from far away, it's really easy now. Um, I was in Turkey last October for a week, and as long as I had an internet connection, I could speak to my wife here in Idaho every day for free. And so while communicating with those who are far away is easy, it fools us into thinking that we can maintain these deep connections with little contact, you know, with things like social media and the like. And so it's easy for us to move on from relationship to relationship to relationship. But if you look at verse 26 in your Bibles where it says, now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Our faith connection in Christ makes us a part of the same body. And while we live in an age of liver transplants and knee replacements, you just, for the most part, can't take body parts and move them from one body to the next, at least with not much pain or difficult process. And so while we can move on from all sorts of relationships quite easily, we can get new jobs and leave coworkers behind, we can make new friends. We can become a part of new families. While we can do all of that, that's not how it works in the body of Christ. Being a part of the body of Christ is a timeless reality. We are forever connected, not just with one another, but with all of those who believed before us and all of those who will believe after us. 1 Peter chapter 2 says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Everything that was true of the people that Peter was writing to 2,000 years ago is also true for us. We are a part of a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. We are a part of the people of God that was begun long ago and will continue long after us. We stand on the shoulders of a great cloud of witnesses of men and women, some of whom took great steps of faith and are well known in the history of the faith. Others who have took smaller steps of faith and maybe aren't as well known. But just as God used each and every one of them to build his kingdom, God is using each and every one of us to build his kingdom. God will use, um, whether it's big steps of faith that we have or small steps of faith that we have, there will be people who stand on our shoulders because of the steps of faith we took. And the connection we have with all of them is timeless.
And there has never been a movement like the kingdom of God that Christ spoke about and established. There has never been a movement like it, and there never will be. And Paul says, that's what it's like to be a part of the body of Christ, and no recreated religion can duplicate it. And this is a connection that is supernatural. Last fall, a group of us went to, on a trip to work with Iranian Christians to encourage them in their faith and to do some training with them. And now, my whole life, Americans and Iranians have been adversaries. My whole life. Uh, when I was in elementary school, I remember when Americans were taken hostage in Iran, over 50 of them were held hostage for over a year. Uh, in junior high, I loved uh, professional wrestling. Uh, just loved it, was always into it. One of the main bad guys when I was into professional wrestling, his name was the Iron Sheik. He was an Iranian wrestler. And we never thought twice about it. Of course, the bad guy in wrestling is Iranian. And it seems like decades that um, we've been in conflict with Iran over nuclear weapons and trying to keep them from developing them. And once again, in the last couple weeks, um, it's in the headlines, our conflict with Iran. And so a group of us went to meet a group of Iranian Christians to encourage and build them in their faith. And we had language barriers and cultural barriers, and we were strangers. But because of our shared faith in Jesus, none of that mattered. None of it. There was one Iranian couple that got to the meeting a day earlier than everybody else um, of the Iranians that were coming. And so we had some time to do some sightseeing, and this couple joined us. Uh, the wife could speak decent English, and so we could kind of communicate. Um, and we were going through a museum or something, and we were all kind of split up in smaller groups as we were going through. And I just, I was with, hanging out with this couple and so started talking with them as best as we could. And for about 30 minutes, we just chatted um, through the language barrier, just talking about whatever stuff we were looking at and, and those kinds of things. Um, and then there's another group that we bumped into from our group and I stopped and started talking to them and this Iranian couple just kind of kept going. And it was maybe two, three, no more than five minutes later, they, they realized I wasn't with them. And so they turned around, came back, and said, come, come with us, come with us. As if we were long lost friends. And I stopped and realized, this is what faith in Jesus is like. Christ connects us in such a way that we are like long lost friends. And all the things that normally divide us are overcome by our common faith in Jesus. There is something supernatural about faith in Christ that unites us. And Paul says, that's what it's like to be a part of the body of Christ. In Ephesians 3, Paul wrote this. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, 
may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. We can't get this anywhere else. A connection to strengthen you with power in your inner being. A connection so that Christ may dwell in your hearts. A connection rooted and established with all the Lord's people. A connection to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. A connection to be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Brothers and sisters, we can't get that from Netflix, Spotify, Elephants and Donkeys, football, or CrossFit. There is no substitute for the real thing. And when the things in life happen that cause us to ask questions of ultimate meaning, when a tragedy occurs, when a death happens, when a diagnosis strikes, that our need for connection, a connection that is indispensable, that takes the focus off of ourselves, that causes us to suffer and rejoice, that is timeless and supernatural, that can only be filled in those moments by our faith in Christ. The faith that connects us all. Please pray with me. And Lord, I thank you for the work that your spirit has done in the lives of each and every one of us. Lord, the work that has caused us to place our faith in you. And Lord, I ask that because of each and every one of our uh, faith, that each and every person here would be filled to the measure of all fullness of you. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Receive God's blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. And may the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen.